filled with teaching, truths and issues that matter. Bernie Diamond's A Different Perspective, part of Night Vision each weeknight. Details at vision.org.au. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Stu, welcome back to 2020. Hi, Neil. Good to be back. Stu, what a great topic of conversation today. Um, We're going to be talking about those things that keep people from coming to faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, what are the first things that come to mind for you when you talk about this sorts of issue? Because I suspect uh, let's get a little bit of brainstorming going with our listenership today. Uh, listeners, uh, wherever you might be listening into our conversation, let's get those telephones going, 1-800-316-316. Uh, let's talk about the barriers. What's the first thing that comes to mind for you, Stu? Well, first of all, it is a great topic, and I'm looking forward to hearing uh, from some of the listeners as to uh, what they feel are the barriers to Aussies coming to know Jesus Christ, because it is a, a massive problem. We, uh, we, we know that um, people need to come to know Jesus. We know that their whole eternal destiny depends on this. We know their uh, life uh, you know, and their whole worldview and how they live their life depends on that here on this earth as well. And um, so this is a really important issue, and it's something that uh, needs to be discussed. You know, is, is it? Are we part of the problem? Well, you know? this is this is one of the big things because uh, probably we're going to uh, hear from some people saying that we are part of the problem, and uh, and in what ways though? Because uh, mm. there's a whole bunch of things: our own insecurities, uh, our own fears. Uh, I don't want to give too much of our own list because we'll wait and hear from some listeners uh, to get their thoughts on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. We're going to develop a list through this hour. What are those barriers that keep us? From coming to faith in Jesus Christ. And while we're probably going to be focusing on this uh, great south land of the Holy Spirit, this land of Australia, uh, I mean, we've got a whole world to talk about here too, Stu. Absolutely. So it's not just, not just us mm. here on, on our homeland, but it's, uh, it's also people around the world. Absolutely. I think that some of the answers come back will uh, relate particularly to Australians, but there'll also be some universal things all around the world. It's the same issues. That's right. Uh, well, now let's let's uh, come up with a, a couple on the list here that we might be able to uh, perhaps uh, just get things going with. Uh, let me just hit you with one. Sure. Uh, the idea that uh, we have doubts about our own faith and it makes us insecure about sharing with others. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if uh, if we're not quite sure, or or particularly if we uh, we feel like you know someone could ask us some questions and we we don't know the answer to it. We don't want to feel like an idiot when someone asks us a question uh, and we don't want to be embarrassed. And so uh, there is many Christians, I think, that shy away from sharing their faith, sharing the good news of Jesus with others uh, because of that. And uh, that's a shame. There's a, there's a, uh, there's a couple of uh, the things that I'd probably say to that, and that is none of us have all the answers. And I think we've got to get it through uh, into our minds. No one has all the answers and we don't have to. Uh, And that takes a lot of pressure off us because if we feel that we have to have all the answers before we share our faith, then then no one will be doing any sharing. (laughs) Right. Well, ultimately, and I guess there is a dimension to this, which is more than just having a rigid answer to a question that people might have, and that is this idea that people will actually have an encounter themselves with the Saviour, Jesus Christ, as we share the good news about him. That's right, and I think that until people have that sort of divine revelation, that that encounter with God, 
um, there's always an out. Uh, I've just been talking with someone on Facebook just recently, actually, and and talking about miracles, and I've shared some examples of that. And and for him, it's always well, you know, the miracle didn't come with a, a donations plaque. You don't know who actually did that miracle, or or maybe it was going to happen anyway, or maybe this, or maybe that. And there's always, if you don't want to believe, sometimes you just will never believe. You can you could you know have a miracle right in front of your your eyes and and still not believe. In fact, we know that with Jesus. Jesus did the miracles and not everyone believed in Jesus. I mean, in fact, some of them saw the miracles and then started plotting to kill him. <laughs> so, yes. So, yeah. That's right. Just because a miracle happens is no guarantee that someone will believe. But perhaps that's for right. some, that's a barrier. They, mm. they do want to see miracles and they want to see those attested to uh, by people who are medically qualified to do so and say, mm-hmm. yes, that's a genuine miracle. Well, 1 800 316 316, our number. You might like to contribute to our conversation. Let's take a call from John in Somerset in Tasmania. Hello, John. Welcome along to 2020. Oh, great to be on again. Uh, it's a very, very broad pile of answers that you might have to the question for the day. Yeah, Obviously, well, uh, as has already been mentioned, uh, there are, and Aldous Huxley pointed it out, as long as go as 1937, voluntary reasons as well as philosophical reasons that people might offer for refusing to believe that the universe has any meaning or purpose behind it at all. In other words, uh, belief uh, in any position or uh, ideology or faith uh, is not merely dependent upon the quality of the arguments for or against, but upon the will of the person who believes or disbelieves. Uh, It might also, John, be to do with the circumstances that a person finds themselves in. If they're in a crisis of belief or a crisis of doubt or a crisis physically or mentally, anything like that could uh, could be the trigger for someone coming to know Christ. Yes, I agree with that. Another thing that is worth... uh Uh, considering is that from the Christian side of the fence we have for centuries held the notion that, uh, and John Wesley and George Whitfield were amongst the first people in uh, at least British history to break away from it successfully, that the proper venue for the proclamation of the gospel is inside the four walls of a church building. And uh, I think we've got to get away from the fish chap mentality if we're going to fish for men successfully in Australian culture. Uh, It's no accident that Christ said, as the Father has sent me, even so send I you. And being sent means not staying put behind four walls, but getting out there. And it's a culture that we've got to break to get into that, get out there, meet the unbeliever and present them with a good case for faith. Absolutely. I'm so glad you brought that up because uh, there is uh, a bit of a perception that, that if we're just sharing the gospel in churches, we're, we're preaching to the converted, we're, we're, we're throwing our fishing line in a swimming pool and there's no fish there to be caught. If we're going to become fishers of men, we need to do what Jesus commanded us to do, which is to go into all the world. And that's a, that's a proactive word, go. Uh, he didn't say stay in and wait for everyone to come to you. He said go into all the world. So very valid point. 
John, while we've got you on the phone, and uh, I can hear you've got a, a great understanding of what has to happen, and uh, these issues that keep us to coming, uh, keep us from coming to faith in Christ. Can you reflect on your own issues? Uh, I don't know how long how long as it is uh, since you first believed, but what were those things that got you over the line? Well, I guess what got me over the line initially was the uh, faithful witness, particularly of my father, and in a quiet way, my mother. They were both uh, are both believers in our Lord Jesus, uh, but uh, I uh, personally, when it comes to any big change in life, tended to be a bit of a Jonah. I would uh, rather go the other way, and often I believe. Uh, when people come to faith, uh, they suddenly realise that uh, while it's not something they want to believe, it's something they ought to believe. And I guess that was the case with me. All right. Long run, and even after, as a child, inviting Christ into my heart, uh, it was a growing thing, and I had to realise, particularly as I went through adolescence, that. It was no good having mum and dad's pre-digested faith. I had to get in and chew God's truth for myself. Uh, otherwise, I would be ill-equipped to cope in a world where God was not universally accepted as uh, who he should be accepted as. Well, John, really appreciate your input today here on 2020. John from Somerset in Tasmania, thanks so much for being part of our uh, conversation today. Our telephone line open 1-800-316-316. If you'd like to be part of our conversation, uh, you might like to offer your thoughts on what uh, the barriers are that keep people from coming to faith in Jesus Christ. Let's hear from Jonathan in Perth. Hello, Jonathan. Welcome along to 2020. Yes, uh, the barriers that keeping people from coming to Christ is uh, if it merely depends on miracle, many people are because of what I learned from other person, miracle is not an issue because Jesus said, even in his word, that many people will come to him and he will say, I never knew you. They will say, yes, we perform miracles. He said, you are doing on your own. So miracle even is not an issue of being born again. There are many people in Africa who will experience miracles. Their life will be changed. They will have a sickness whatsoever performing their life. But after that, they'll go back to their normal duties and begin to do what they want to do. So miracle is not an issue. But those who are counter with Christ, you see the marks on them because their testimony that follow them show that they are born again. So it's not a miracle, but individual problem. It depends on who accept the law. So even there are people, some people have been brainwashed by giving so formula, same statement to say yes, pray a short prayer, and after the prayer you are born again. He hinders other people also. So when Christ touches a person, there's a complete change in his life. You can see the testimony. So this is what I want to share. Okay, so what you're sharing here, Jonathan, is that uh, it's not just that sinner's prayer that you pray. It yeah. is actually the encounter that you have with Christ that actually brings the fruit of a life changed. Uh, your thoughts, Stu Miller? Yeah. Uh, Jonathan, I, I think you're right. Um, you know, lo- what I said before about um, miracles, you know, someone could see a miracle and in, in right in front of them and still not believe, still make that decision, not make that decision. And then there's other people who... 
seem to respond at the time, and that you know, and they might be caught up in an event and go forward at an altar call and pray a prayer, but. But we, you know, we're not called to to get a decision from someone. We're called to make disciples, and there's a big difference between a decision and a disciple. And uh, it's got to be a real encounter with Jesus Christ. It's got to be a, a real repentance there, a real commitment to turn away from sin, and a real surrender to Jesus Christ as as Lord of their life. And I think sometimes people people are, are wanting a ticket to heaven. They want to have the benefits of being a Christian, but they're not actually prepared to enter into the responsibilities of becoming a Christian. And uh, that's, you know, surrendering your life to Jesus is is not an option. If you're becoming a Christian, it's 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 what you need to do. Okay, Jonathan from Perth, thank you so much for your input today here on 2020. You can be a part of our conversation. We're talking about the barriers that keep people from hearing and believing the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. You might like to be part of our conversation. Our talkback line is open, 1-800-316-316, 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from David in Melbourne. Hello, David. Welcome along to 2020. Hi, how are you going? Good, David. What are your thoughts on what we're talking about today? Um, just the saying that came up in mind. Uh, there's a saint called Saint Marina, and uh, she was a very strong saint. Uh, always used to contest with the devil. And one day she held the devil, and she she got it out of him how he's uh, preventing people from coming closer to God and knowing Christ. And uh, in the end, she got it out of him that he just makes us very busy with our daily lives. And um, yeah, I think that's just something that um, something that just something that happens. It's something that passes us by. Okay, busyness, busyness, the issue, and uh, interesting. Uh, referring to uh, the teaching of saints, uh, how how long ago was this uh, Saint Marina uh, around, David? She was um, back in the days of Constantine and. Just like, uh, yeah, just around. Okay, so we're we're going right back to sort of fourth Mm. century times. Uh, Look, uh, let's get some thoughts here from Stu. Stu, on uh, really what the the, you know the devil and his schemes is what uh, we're hearing from uh, from David in Melbourne. Well, I I think you're right, David, in that the the devil does not want people to come to know Jesus Christ, and he'll use anything he can to stop them from coming. And I think busyness is one of his schemes. I mean, I would totally agree with that. In fact, I think if St. Marina was alive today, she would be horrified at just how busy our lives are. We've got so much going on. And with the invent of, of social media and technology, which is supposed to make our you know our lives easier and and you know get things done quicker, we we tend to fill them up with more stuff. And there's not really those times where we just go away and we have a lot of thoughts to ourselves. You know, we don't get time to think anymore. And I think God speaks to us during those quiet times. And if if someone's continuously listening to music, continuously watching TV, there's something happening, there's something on the go, they jump in their car, the radio's going, there's no time to really think about life, think about where did I come from? What am I doing here? What's my purpose in life? Is there a God? Is, you know, what, What's going to happen when I die? You just don't think about those things because your life is just so busy. I mean, even in the toilet these days, you know, it's a reporter that, that most people take their phones in and they're on Facebook or they're on a on a game or something. You know, <laughs> you can't even have the toilet time to sit yeah. and reflect. So I think, you know, it's definitely a valid point, David. It's hard to get people to stop and to think about these issues. David from Melbourne, thanks so much for being part of 2020 today. 1-800-316-316 if you'd like to be part of our conversation talking about those barriers that keep people from hearing and believing the good news. 
uh, interesting when we talk about the busyness of life because uh, even in lots of Christian families, uh, mm. parents think we've got to keep our kids busy, busy, busy all the time. We're conditioning them to busyness. Mm. We're conditioning them to not being able to take some time to reflect on things that are uh, deeply important. Mm. Absolutely. I'm reading a book at the moment called Slow Down, and uh, there's, it makes a lot of valid points. And um, it's actually quite, you know, if you want to actually hear the voice of God and you want to, you know, develop your relationship with God, I think busyness stops us as Christians from, from going further in our relationship with God as well. It's, uh, it's good to, you know, to go away and, and retreat and just have some time out in the bush or somewhere where the phone's not ringing and, you know, all the activity's not happening. In fact, imagine what would happen if we took every Australian and said, right, you're going out into the bush for seven days on your own. I think some of them would go crazy. <laughs> Where's my phone? Where's the internet? I can't, you know, connect with everyone. You know, but I tell you what, I think it would change some lives. You know, people would have to start thinking about life. Yes, well, it's probably uh, an idealistic thing to think that there will be people who will do that to put themselves mm. through the rigor of uh, not having all of these other distractions. But but some people do that. I've I've been mm-hmm. familiar with people uh, over the years yep. who've who've actually gone out and fended for themselves in the bush mm-hmm. and dealt with the isolation and the loneliness and. Drawing close to God mm. in that circumstance. one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. the barriers that keep people from coming to faith in Jesus Christ. You can call us one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Let's hear from Michelle in Adelaide. Hello, Michelle. Welcome along. Oh, hi, how are you? Very well. Michelle, what's your thoughts? Um, uh, as a Christian, I was just uh, thinking about non-Christian friends that I have, and I find that a lot of Christians actually put uh, legalism on on the fact um, of becoming a Christian. And so a lot of non-Christians actually get frightened by all the laws and they have, they have the do's and the don'ts. And so they, they just sort of struggle with that instead of just knowing the love of Christ. All right, legalism, big issue. Your thoughts, Stu Miller? <laughs> it's a big topic, Neil. <laughs> Thanks for that, Michelle. <laughs> the, uh, the, the whole thing of legalism, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, we, we are free in Christ, and Christ has set us free from the law. But uh, the, the, doubt, the other side of that is that repentance is a return to obedience to Christ, and we need to obey Christ. And you know, Jesus yep. said, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. So there's sort of these, these two sides to this, and... Um, I think if we get over, you know, too far into the legalism side, you know, we, we, our pendulum swung the wrong way. And if we get too too full of grace, and you know, we don't need to obey God, and we just, you know, we can do whatever we want, and God's grace covers us, you know, we're on the wrong side too. So, yeah, to, to have right. a to have a real balance in this area takes a lot. I, I just mm. I just find um, for my non Christian family and friends, um, they. They feel that they have to do all the do's to become a Christian, mm. and they just don't know that we shouldn't be speaking. We should just be living the love of Christ, um, and that will draw them into Christ's love. And oh. then, and then they come to that point where they get to repentance and uh, you know all those steps further on. But but the first initial step is is just being loved. Yeah, yeah, just being loved by Christ, and yeah. Christ did that. I mean, he he went and sat with the sinners, and you know, the taxpayers and all the rest of it. He he sure, didn't preach sure. them first. He he loved them first. Yeah, and I think I think as Christians, we tend to want to put regulations down and and say, you know, you have to do this 
this, this and this, yeah, before before you even start. Yeah, it's and you made a couple of interesting points there. Um, first one, Michelle, as you said, that you know that Christians are sort of laying down a whole lot of things people have got to do to become a Christian. You know, to obey certain commandments. You know, and that is legalism, because we, you know, in order to be saved, we don't have to do anything. It's completely through Jesus Christ dying on the cross for Him. You know, we're saved by grace through faith and not of works. But uh, of course, after that is that you know like that, that we as we repent as we in a relationship with God, we want to please God. If we love God, we will obey His commandments. So, but as far as salvation goes, it's absolutely correct. The second part of what you're saying is is about you know just living the life and not actually sharing the message. And we do need to live life. I mean, our walk and our talk have got to be the same. But but ultimately, people won't know the way of salvation by osmosis. They won't just sort of pick that up just by watching our lives. I mean, there's a lot of people who live a good life that aren't a Christian. Um, you know, Buddhists might live a good life or, you know, um, so it's more than living a good life. It's it's that we've got a, a message of eternal life. We've got a wonderful message of the gospel that, that uh, you know, is the difference between heaven and hell. It's the, it's the way of salvation. And uh, we've got to communicate that in an appropriate and a loving way with people around us. Michelle from Adelaide, thanks so much for being part of 2020 today. It's Neil with you. It is the Monday edition 2020. Stu Miller is our guest. He heads up Train to Proclaim. We're talking through some issues today. What are the barriers that keep people from believing the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and taking your calls on 1-800-316-316? can't help but think, Stu, in that last segment, we were talking to uh, one of our listeners, Michelle from Adelaide, and talking about judgment. Judgmentalism. Uh, the idea of an authentic Christian believer mm. has got to be a starting point there. We've got to be authentic in our faith, haven't we? That's right. Uh, she makes a really fair point about you know Christians being viewed as legalistic or judgmental. And, and the way that we come across is very, very important. It's not just what we say, it's how we say it. And uh, to be appropriate in the way that we say it and loving and gentle in the way because you know we, we're already viewed as being judgmental before we even open our mouths That's right. often so uh so yeah so the way we come across extremely important taking calls 1-800-316-316 let's hear from emmanuel in perth hello emmanuel welcome along to 2020 hi how are you very good what are your thoughts on this discussion today um i think it's an issue between the head and the heart um, I know that come. I know that's a that's a sort of a Christianese faith that um, can have all the head knowledge of of uh, everything, but if you still don't believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, then yeah, I think it's the connection between what the head actually thinks mm. and what the and what Jesus Christ says that you 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 change your heart. Mm. That's right. I mean, ultimately, it's a really good point that you raise. Um, I mean, there are some people I know of that I've spoken to and they say, yep, I agree, I agree, I agree, yep, I, I, I know this is all true, but I'm not prepared to make that commitment to Jesus Christ. And, and ultimately, it's a decision of their heart, the decision of their will. They're not prepared to do it. Uh, the other, the other probably point to, to bring across is, is you know, between the mind and the heart. It's when we communicate, we, we communicate with the mind um, and we can only do what we can do, you know, share information with people. Uh, but, you know, there's something divine about the gospel message when it's shared because when it's shared, it turns from information into revelation. And that's a, something that God does. And that's why prayer is so important when praying for people because ultimately the only person that, that can save anyone is God. 
God as a, a divine work of, of the Holy Spirit in people's lives. So we can we can talk to we're blue in the face and have all the best arguments and the best things, and but we're only talking to someone's mind. It's God that, that can transform their heart. So a uh, good point. Uh, Emmanuel. Emmanuel from Perth, thanks so much for being with us on 2020. Let's keep taking calls. Wendy is in Queensland. Hello, Wendy. Welcome along to 2020. Wendy, are you with us? Something with Wendy there. Let's try Wayne in Cairns in Queensland. Hello, Wayne. Welcome along to 2020. Uh, top of the moon, Wayne, what are your thoughts on uh, these barriers we're talking about? Uh, like I said, I know the powers are there, and I tell them I, um, you know, I try to, I do my readings every day, and I um, pray a lot. But um, there's people that just say, um, "How can God be true if, um, you know, with all this bad stuff happening?" And I'm just not sure how to answer that question. Okay, uh, how can God be real? How can these things be true if there's bad stuff happening in the world? Your thoughts, Stu? Yeah. Well, I can feel their pain. I know they're going through pain, but I'm just trying to. Um, Snap them out of that negative, you know. Mm, mm. Wayne, Wayne, it's a, it's an interesting question when you when you pose with us because I mean, there's an intellectual answer. I mean, we can give a very well thought out answer to that question, but often, uh, for me, the, the first thing I want to know is is this person going through pain at the moment, or are they, you know, asking this question as a result of some personal pain? If they are, then giving them an intellectual answer, you know, may not satisfy them, but um, understanding where they're at and empathising with them may be a lot more helpful and and saying to them, look, you know, God actually knows what you're going through. Uh, he understands um, you better than you, you, you can ever imagine and he can help you through whatever situation you're going through. If someone's baby's just died, for example, and you, you're trying to give them an intellectual answer as to, you know, which there is. I mean, God, God gives us free choice, for example, you know, and most of the suffering and Pain in the world is caused by by humans. You know, it's not God running around with an AK forty seven blowing people away. You know, on, in war or you know causing most of the pain in the world. It's human beings. But uh, there is some natural things that seem to happen, and uh, as on top of that, and that's uh, what a lot of people do struggle with. But I, I would empathise with them and just see what they're going through first, and then then give them some answers. Wayne from Cairns. Uh, Wayne, does that answer your question? Yeah, that's basically what I said to her. I think. Um yeah, um, yeah. like I said, uh, there's a lesson in everything is God's put us there because we've made the wrong choices and uh, we've got to learn from it. Yes, mm. and um, I do use the power of positive thinking, but a lot of people, by Norman Vincent Peale, actually, it's very powerful. And um, today is the uh, Be the Change You Wish For, but a lot of people don't want to hear that either. They, you know. <laughs> Look, uh, just being just being positive isn't actually going to uh, to cut through in the same way, I think, as what you're talking about, Stu. Uh, this message of the gospel mm. happens in amongst all of the bad things that do happen in this world. It's mm. not just a matter of being positive and saying that God is a good God and things are positive uh, yeah. because uh, all sorts of people are working through all sorts of challenges. Uh, sometimes you might say, well, will I blame God for the challenge I'm going through now? Uh, or is it my own uh, sinfulness that might well be actually creating that challenge? Mm. I, I think uh, also, Wayne, you know, the, the, the thing that's going to transform people's lives isn't necessarily a really slick answer, um, but it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, it's, it's God impacting someone's life. And really, I try to, to sort of empathize with where they're at and then share the gospel message because I know that if they receive Christ, 
their whole situation can change, their whole outlook can change, their whole worldview will change, and they will see everything quite differently. So, uh, yeah, I think the answer is the gospel. Wayne from Cairns, thanks so much for being part of 2020 today. 1-800-316-316 if you'd like to be part of our conversation. Wendy is in Queensland. Hello, Wendy. Welcome along to 2020. Yes. Hello. Um, yeah, I was just hearing uh, the message um, on the radio. And, yeah, I do quite a lot of evangelism. And um, I find it um, also really, like, it, I think really we are battling against principalities, powers and spiritual wickedness and mindsets and sin in ourselves and in the world. And I think it's very important to really pray, get even like with a few people. Bible says we're one or two are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst that we really pray we are battling for people's souls mm. and if we really believe what the bible says people are perishing mm. god says they're under the power of satan and they're blinded and mm. even jesus says he looked upon the unsaved and had compassion on them as sheep with having a they had no shepherd sheep not having a shepherd and i do know that i heard this testimony of this young girl that died a very young girl and she was sort of backslidden and she wasn't witnessing like she should have she had christian parents and she's sort of running around in the world and she actually died and she said that when she passed away she actually saw um god she saw god allowed her to see part of um, hell, and she said she saw people, young people that she supposedly supposed to have witnessed to and didn't because she wasn't quite following the Lord and for whatever reason, fear, shame, embarrassment or just peer pressure or whatever it is, and she didn't witness and she saw them being tormented in hell and... um it's just an amazing testimony. It's a mm. South American girl that died. And the thing is, is that if we really believe, like that minister, I can't remember his name, is saw people going and perishing and falling over the cliff and going into hell, that we would truly be compelled to go out and witness to people. And, and Jesus says, go ye out into the highways and byways and compel them to come in. Because of his great love for them. His Wendy, great love for the world. it's amazing what visions people see and uh, those sorts of uh, near-death experiences or those things that people, you know, when they're, uh, they're clinically uh, or uh, dead, uh, this idea of, you know, moving towards the light and seeing uh, visions of uh, people in hell and uh, visions of heaven. I mean, those sorts of things, that's perhaps a, a, a topic for discussion on another day. But, Wendy, let me ask you, because you said at the beginning when you were talking about you actually do love to share your faith with others, yeah. uh, and and prayer is an important element Very of that. Important, when you have spent time in prayer and you share the gospel with people that you're coming into contact with, what's the difference that that prayer feel, has made? I feel so much more of the love of Christ. We've got to get the heart of our Father towards his people, his heart is that he died in the world because they were sinners, not because they were righteous. He loved everyone 
so much that he gave his very life for them. And he said, go out into the highways and byways and compel them to come in. Yep. And, and, you know, like almost beg them and say, Jesus loves you, you know. And I find that when I've been praying and people are blinded by the God of this world, the devil, who's running things, and we are the light and the salt. And I think that we it's an urgency while today is today. And I've said this, while today is today, harden not your heart. You know that God's reaching out. I mean, some people could die tomorrow. We don't know. I've had, I've had those experiences where you're reaching out and, and to pray for people and to, to follow up. The follow-up ministry in the church is so important, I think, when you invite people that they've followed up. You know, it's like fishing catching fish and then the fish have got to be cleaned and gutted and that's not such a pleasant job. Well, Wendy, it is great to, to hear from you and uh, yeah. those issues that you're raising, very important ones, and thanks so much for your input yeah. today here on 2020. Interesting, just to pick up on this whole uh, issue of prayer uh, just very mm. quickly because what uh, Wendy is indicating is that it's that mm. prayer that actually raises the importance of this uh, need to reach out to others and share this gospel message. Yeah, I think prayer does it in, in two ways. One is that the, the more time we spend with God, the more we hear His heartbeat for the lost. I mean, <clears throat> Jesus he he spoke about you know leaving the ninety nine to save the one. He he talked about the, the you know the lost son, the lost penny, the lost um, sheep. It's all uh, His heart is for the lost. He wants to see people come into relationship with Him. He wants people in His kingdom. And so the more time we spend with God, the more we should feel his heartbeat and his heart ache and, and want to go out and reach people with the gospel. The second point on, on prayer is that because God's the one that saves people and we can't do it, we have to rely on God. We have to pray that God would divinely intervene in people's lives and in their hearts in order for there to be any lasting change. Helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Neil with you on 2020. Our special guest this hour is Stu Miller from Train to Proclaim. His website is www.traintoproclaim.com. We've been talking about the barriers that keep people from hearing and believing the good news. Stu, I wanted to ask you before we take any more calls, uh, these calls that we've been hearing and people identifying an awful lot of factors that are barriers, mm. it's actually more complicated than perhaps most people think. But when you... Uh, boil it all down. What's the biggest barrier uh, mm. that is keeping us from sharing our faith with others? Well, I think that well, the biggest factor in people coming to know Jesus uh, would be that we aren't sharing our faith with others. Mm. I think um, you know, if we really believe what the Bible says that the, that the gospel is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, you know, and uh, and this is why it's Jesus' last command before he left earth. You know, he said to go into all the world and preach the gospel. I mean. He, he gathered all his, his disciples together from from all over the place. I mean, the first thing he said to Mary at, uh, when when he met with her in the t- you know just out in the garden, just out from the tomb, is go ahead to Galilee. I'll meet you there. When he met with the eleven disciples behind locked doors, he said, go ahead to Galilee. I'll meet you there. When he met with the two travellers on the road and their hearts were burning within them, he said, go ahead to Galilee. What was he doing? He he didn't have the internet. He didn't have a you know like a mass email list or you know a, a website to tell everyone where he was going to be. He was personally saying to people, "Come on, gather everyone up. I've got something important to tell you." And then when he met, and before just before he ascended, he said, 
to all his disciples, over 500 present, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Because he knew that that powerful message would transform people's lives. And and the thing that I fear, Neil, is that many of us have got so busy in our church lives and, and in our lives in general that, that most Christians aren't regularly reaching out to those with, with the gospel. And many, many people in our country and, and around the world have never heard a clear presentation of the gospel. And uh, I know that if they did, then that would be a huge barrier knockdown in the process of them coming to know Jesus. I can hear a brain or two rattling here, uh, Stu, when we think about this, Mm. because there are gospel programs uh, in the mass media around Mm -hmm. the country. And some people will say, well, you know, oh, well, you know, you can watch this on or this or that on the on the TV, or you know, well, here we are talking on the Vision Radio Network. That's right. Surely yep. that's going to you know cause people to actually hear the gospel. Uh, but but there is a personal connection that's very important here. Absolutely, and I, and the, and the, if you've got a personal connection with someone, they're a lot more likely to listen to you than just tuning into a radio station or into a TV station. That personal uh, approach is very, very powerful. Um, But what I'd say is that while there is many, many people that tune in uh, to the station, maybe you're listening right now and and you don't know Jesus Christ, you know, and it's wonderful that you've tuned into the show and there there are many people who do that and and likewise with TV. There's also the majority of Australians that won't ever, you know, tune into uh, a TV program or a radio station that's Christian. And so who's going to reach those? Really it's up, up to us as Christians to do that. The second thing I'd say is that, you know, sometimes you you know you might uh, stumble across a radio station or a TV station, and it's Christian, and someone might watch a show. But it may be you know the Christian perspective on you know having a better marriage, or you know uh, you know what do Christians think about this, or you know a message on holiness, or or any number of things that could be on that show. But it's unlikely at that point that there'd be a clear presentation of the gospel like you or I could share with someone. Uh, when we're talking with them. And so that's why it's so important that we engage, we go into the world, we're proactive in sharing the gospel with others. Call us on 1-800-316-316, talking about the biggest barriers that keep people from believing the good news. Let's hear from John in Shepparton in Victoria. Hello, John. Welcome along. Are you with us, John? Somehow or other, I don't think John is with us. Uh, Let's hear from Stephen in Brisbane. Hello, Stephen. Welcome along to 2020. Oh, thank you. Stephen, what are your thoughts on the, these barriers? Well, well, I've tried to reach the lost for many years, but uh, anyway, just the last um, few weeks at church, the women have been sort of under attack, and the ministers call us all for prayer to come to the church at 6.30 in the morning every day of the week, which we did, and then the following week, he said, well, let's just all pray for the church now, and we're praying for different people in the church, and different issues and that sort of thing, and then Last night we had a message about a correct diagnosis of, you know, what's the problem? You know, is it spiritual, physical, mental, whatever, demonic? And uh, praying and asking the Lord to share his light on our lives so that whatever's darkness can be revealed, you know? Anyway, uh, in, in, the, in, in the meeting, the, the, the other pastor said, anybody here want to pray for the lost and reach the lost? And, of course, my, both my hands went up. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, he said, okay. Yeah, stand up, you people. And, of course, we, we stood up and he, he prayed for us. And then after the meeting, this guy was visiting the church that uh, his parents go there, but he doesn't. And anyway, I had coffee with him afterwards and uh, just sort of share my life story with him. And then on the way home, I just dropped by the service station to get a paper for my wife. And uh, the service station attendant said to me, 
I asked him, like, how are you? And he said, oh, I'm good. And I looked at him, and I just sort of just fixed my gaze on him, and I just sort of said, well, I said, you know, only God is good. I said, Jesus said that. And I just explained to him that God is good, and I can prove it, because he said everything he made was good. And I said, the devil's bad. And he goes, oh, yeah. I said, well, you think of it. I said, do you like it when people treat you good? And he goes, yeah. I said, do you like it when people treat you bad? And he goes, no. <laughs> I said, well, you make a choice. Which way do you want to go for eternity, with God or with the devil? And I explained about Jesus and what God's done for us. And uh, and it is his life, 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 life just, his face just lit up. And, and it was like a God moment where, you know, I just, I couldn't help myself doing it. <laughs> Good on you, Stephen, for for reaching out, mate. It's yeah. uh, it, it really is something that that's quite difficult for for many Christians to do to to know how to engage with people. How do you start off that conversation? You know, when you what do you have a conversation, what what do you say? You know, and how do you say it in a way that 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 people will be able to understand? So it's some people are a bit more natural, like you, who are like really keen and and are happy to sort of. You know, just from that "how are you" conversation yeah. to turn that around to spiritual things. Other people, you know, need a bit more help. And one thing that that may help you be even more effective, and and may help many of our listeners uh, that are listening today, you know, uh, is um, we've got some resources on our website, which uh, the website's trainedtoproclaim dot com. And uh, it's got free evangelism resources there, and it helps with the, this issue. And if you have a smartphone, one of the, the best resources I know of is an app called Gospel in 7 or G7. If you type in Gospel in 7 into the search bar in your app store, you'll find it there. And it's a great way to engage with people. It helps you create opportunities, and then it helps you share a real clear, loving presentation of the gospel without any jargon. So I hope that's yeah, helpful I, to you, I, Stephen. I, I, remember, I remember once upon a time looking at a thing on Facebook about this university professor said to the student, you know, well, you know, if God created everything, why did he create evil? And it goes on, and he said, well, okay, if you burn your hand, is 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 that hot or cold, you know? And he says, well, well, it's he's, everything's relative. And then he goes, okay, well, heat, I mean, cold is the absence of heat, isn't it? And and darkness is the absence of light. Right. God didn't create evil because evil is the absence of God. And, and what mm. people need in their life is God in their life because without God, it's just one direction towards the devil, you know? It's evil. And, and, and God says that in his word, you know? Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for your input today. Great to hear from you, Stephen, in Brisbane. one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. 316 Time's a little short, but there's still time to get uh, another thought or two to air. Uh, identifying those barriers that keep people from hearing and believing the good news. Uh, let me just come back to this app that you're talking about here. Uh, because, Stu, an app on your phone uh, mm-hmm. is a gospel presentation with you wherever you might be at any particular time. That's this right. sort of convenience is mm. something that we ought to all have on our phones. I think it, it's not only is it convenient, but it's culturally appropriate way of sharing mm-hmm. with people because often we struggle to know how do we engage with people, how do we start that conversation off, you know. And and because phones are such a, a normal thing to do to show someone a photo of our family or our latest, you know, uh, you know, vacation, you know, holiday uh, or, or a game or some some funny thing on Facebook or whatever. You know, people are always showing 
people phones, it becomes very culturally appropriate for us to say, hey, have a look at this. Oh, what is it? It's an app that we're doing with our church. Oh, okay. What's it all about? Oh, let me show you. And away you go, and it becomes a very natural way to share with people. So it's a, such a good thing to have on your phone. And, of course, uh, the one that you're promoting is called mm. the G7 or Gospel mm. in 7, yes. and uh, you can download that when you go to the Train to Proclaim website. What is it, you know, just a very quick overview Sure. Uh, when you open your app and you're showing someone this message, uh, yep. what happens? Well, there's a couple of options. You've got a video G7 and an interactive G7. The video is a seven-minute video that you can simply press play, give it to someone, and they can look at it. It's a, very easy. So if you don't have a lot of confidence to share the gospel, that's a great way to start. But if you want to actually articulate the gospel, you want to take them through the gospel message, the interactive one is fantastic. Now, there's a lot of options with this, different paths as you go through because it's not a one-size-fits-all. It puts the person's name into the presentation, so it personalizes for for them. Uh, you can even insert your photo into a presentation so it looks like your own custom app. It's amazing yeah, well, the, the functions on here. At the end of it, people's response is really good because depending on how they respond, it sends them an automated email uh, based on their response with more information so that they can sort of follow, a, you know, it follows them up for you in a sense. Uh, so you you may be sharing with someone who's a stranger and never see them again, but they've still got that email, they've got more information. Or if it's a friend, you can talk to them about that. Uh, we'll give the address to get a hold of that app again uh, just shortly. Time for maybe one more call. Maureen is in Port Pirie in South Australia. Hello, Maureen. Hello. I'm just be, uh, wanted to speak quickly. I've been listening and... Um, when I was 42, I gave my life to Jesus, but it was um, only through, before that, I used to look at the churches and all the people in there, and I used to think they were too good, and, uh, and I couldn't be good like that, so I couldn't come to God. You know, God was very important, but I didn't know Jesus, and I thought, I can't do it, you know, I can't be good can't do those things. So, you know, I think testimonies are very important. Mm. Testimonies are very, very important. Maureen, let's uh, hear from Stu uh, on this this issue, that people in church often look good to people who are outside. Sometimes the perception's opposite to that, but, uh, but your thoughts, Stu? Yeah, definitely. I mean, often people, you know, that, that's where the whole thing of hypocrites in the church come in because the world seems to think that we're saying that we're all holier than thou and good, but we're actually all broken sinners. We're all, the reason we're, we're going to church, the reason that we've come to Jesus is because we're acknowledging that we're sinners and we need to be saved. And it's at that very point that you came to when you go, I can't be good enough. That's the, it's a, it's a point where God will bring you to and then you turn to Jesus because you know you need him and you can't do it on your own. And that's a wonderful point to be brought to and uh, a point that, that everyone needs to come to. Maureen from Port Perry, thanks so much for being part of 2020 today. It's a little bit like that old saying, uh, sharing the gospel is one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. That's exactly right. And uh, very, very powerful. Uh, let me just point people to your website, Stu. It's uh, train to proclaim 
g7mobile.com. And that's where you can find a link to to the G7 mobile app. You can simply also go to your app store and you can be able to just type in Gospel in 7. You'll be able to download that app mm-hmm. from there. Uh, also just mentioning too, Stu, I know you like to do seminars on training people to mm-hmm. proclaim. Uh, and I guess people can contact you through your website at traintoproclaim.com. Stu, yes. thanks so much for being with us again today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.